Got that, Sharon? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, good morning to everyone here in the auditorium and in the venue. My name is Adrian. I'm one of the pastors here at Carnegie Free. So good to see you today. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers and grandmothers, all the ladies in attendance today. What a joy it is to be together on this uh, beautiful, beautiful Mother's Day morning. Up here on stage with me are Cassie Hyertz and Sharon Brandt. And um, for us, both in the auditorium and in the venue today, we're going to have a brief interview time, uh, particularly for the mothers and the grandmothers. And then after we're done with that interview time, I'll give a message this morning. We'll close out the service in prayer as well. Um, But as the offerings go going through the rows and you're getting settled here, just a couple uh, quick notes. If you haven't yet introduced yourself to us, we'd love for you to do so utilizing the edge of the handout that you received as you came in today. You can introduce yourself to us however you'd like, whenever you're ready to let us know how we can be praying for you, if there's any next steps of involvement that you'd like to take in our church, be it with a small group or some area of ministry, please let us know that. If you wish to be baptized, you wish to know what it means to enter into a relationship with Christ, we'd love to know that and know how to be praying for you uh, in these weeks to come. As well, last week I mentioned a little tool that we all have for this series, This Changes Everything, and that tool was uh, memorization of Romans 8, 30. 7 through 39, and we've just made these little business cards. Last week, we ran out of them completely. So excited to see people take these and commit to memorizing these verses over the course of this series. Today, we have many more back at the journey wall and over the information table, so if you didn't get one last week, please feel free to pick one up today. And we're going to do our best to memorize those three verses as they are critical to our understanding of Romans 8 and uh, God's identity that he has given to us. Well, uh, what we're going to do here this morning is ask these two prayer experts. Did you know that? Okay. They would not call themselves prayer experts, but these two ladies are totally devoted to prayer, totally devoted to our Lord, and they're women that I've gotten to know who really believe in the power of prayer. And so we've asked them if they would share a little bit about their story related to prayer, uh, how they grow their prayer lives, uh, what they do when they get in a rut with prayer, as all of us do from time to time. And perhaps we can uh, grow a little bit with them as we prepare ourselves for a passage in Romans 8 that's about prayer. So let me begin here uh, this morning with Cassie. And, uh, and Sharon, I'll ask the same question to, to you. As mothers, how do you incorporate prayer into your regular routines? Well, I don't know if there's anything regular about it with a nearing three-year-old and four-year-old at home. Um, but I have come to appreciate popcorn prayers. So as I'm rolling out of bed first thing, as my feet hit the floor, I'm talking. I'm talking to my Lord. I'm just, thank you. Thank you for this day. Thanks for a good night's sleep. Maybe thank you for the little fingers that poked my eyeballs to wake me up. Um, (laughs) You know, those types of things. Um, And so just doing that throughout the day, or as I'm bear hugging um, the almost three-year-old in the middle of reintegration when there are no words except for to pray, um, just being able to open that conversation and have that going throughout the day um, has been critical, has been critical. Great. How about you, Sharon? Well, my kids are older, so they don't poke my eyes anymore. <laughs> but um, I like to get up before anybody's up, and in the quiet, I pray and do devotions. And then whatever's impacted my heart, 
um, I would exercise um, and pray through uh, whatever impacted my heart and then as I'm getting ready for work. And often what has impacted me in the morning um, comes to uh, be an opportunity to pray for someone else throughout the day. So I try to keep my mind on the natural, the world, that I, the working world, and then at my heart I try to keep open to spiritual things and see what's God's working. And so when I see someone in need, especially with patients, whether it's um, a loss of a loved one, an illness, uh, before surgery, after surgery, waiting for tests, and I try to see if there's an opening, an opportunity to pray, and I try to be submissive to that time to take and pray with my patients and just let him do whatever he wants to do in that situation. Um, other times that I feel like the Spirit really leads is when I need wisdom, which is often. So his word says that if you ask and you believe that you'll receive it, and you do it with the right motive, that he'll give it. So I hold him accountable to that, and he is so good about doing that. Um, the other thing is sometimes I'll just get this overwhelming gratitude of my heart. And when that happens, I turn it into praise and prayer. And I feel so close to God when my heart is in that overwhelming gratitude that I feel closer to Him more than any time else. You know, one of the things that I heard both of you say is you find simple, natural ways to integrate prayer into your daily routines. And uh, we sometimes think of prayer only as this time that you're sitting for 30 or 45 minutes. And you do some of that, but you're both very busy. You have young children, Cassie. Your husband has just come back from serving in Iraq. Um, Sharon, you, you have a medical practice. You're a physician. You're both very, very busy. But I heard you talk about simple ways that you include prayer throughout the day. It's so powerful, though, that we understand that we can do that. Even so, we all sometimes get in a little bit of a rut with prayer from time to time. How do you get out of a rut when you feel like you don't have the words to prayer or prayer is just frustrating for you? Most of us have been there. How do you get out of that rut? Um, well, to kind of keep going from what you were talking about of like it becomes the simple things. I was not the simple prayer. Um, I was in the rut of perfectionism. Either I had my solitude in prayer or I had nothing and I was all or nothing. And what that did was that isolated me from God and that isolated me from having that conversation with him. Um, and I don't know that I ever did anything to get out of that rut, but he worked in me and moved through me and got rid of that perfectionism and saying, just come, just come in the simple. It doesn't have to be perfect. I just want you. And so that, has, that was my biggest rut. And every once in a while, I still go back because old habits are hard and I'm not perfect. Um, but just getting out of that rut of perfectionism. Okay, okay, yeah. Um, mine is we have family prayer at uh, evening time, right before bed. And so if I'm preoccupied and um, tired, that's when I can get into a rut. So what I try to do is think about what a privilege it is that we can go to the Lord in prayer. And I envision him sitting on the throne and, uh, and me entering that uh, throne room with confidence to receive the grace and mercy that he'll give us for the needs that we have. And when I see how big he is in my little finite mind and how little I am, then it empowers me to stay focused. And I just see it as an opportunity and a privilege that we don't want to pass up. Mm. Thank you. Yeah, the fact that 
The great God who is sovereign over the universe sits on his throne and yet still he bends his ear to us. This is true. This is true. And if we were to record the way God answers our prayers, sometimes we'll grow in trust, grow in faith that he does indeed listen to us as we pray. Yeah. Uh, Sharon, you're one of our prayer partners here on Sunday morning, and I've just delighted to see so many people starting to take advantage of the prayer partners on Sunday morning because it doesn't matter what the issue might be, we all need prayer on a regular basis. And Sharon's very gifted at praying with people in confidence and letting them know that you are safe with me. And would you just share a little bit uh, with us, what is the purpose of the Sunday morning prayer partners, and, and why is it so important that we would all have at least one other person in our lives that we know we could go to them in prayer? Well, we know that God works in His body, uh, church believers, through one person to the other. That's just how He's done it. Like you said, there's no Lone Ranger Christians. And um, so, as a prayer team, I know that everybody on the prayer team has either been personally affected by prayers from others or seen God work through the prayers of others um, to touch and open up the floodgates of heaven and do something that would not have happened in the natural realm. It's a supernatural thing. And there's so much power in it when it's a group. And I can tell you that um, the prayer uh, team is an amazing group of people that are humble. They're, they're going to hold things um, confident for you. And we just want to freely give what has been given to us. So I had a personal encounter with God that changed my life several years ago when someone prayed for me, and the power of God came down upon me. It was like a heat, heated rain shower, and I couldn't even look up, and my heart was just burning, and I cried and grieved, and I believe that at that time, the Holy Spirit was, was interceding for me in words that I didn't even know what was going on. I didn't need, know what I needed. And um, once that power lifted, I had joy I have never experienced before. A burden was lifted. Uh, I felt love in my heart like I could love the whole world unconditionally. It was amazing. I have never felt anything that strong since. And um, I just feel like heaven, like I felt a little touch of heaven, how it's going to be just a little touch of how it's going to be. Um, when we face him face to face. And so that changed my life. And I wanted to give, after that, I, I wanted to give that back to others. Um, he healed me, my broken heart, um, and healed my soul so I could love others better. And it's a work in progress. And he also even healed me with some physical issues. But the best thing, I think, was being able to get closer to God because of breaking through some of the barriers that were keeping me from Him, and then I could hear Him better. And we just want to give what's been given. We pray that you'll take the opportunity. I know it's kind of scary to come up here, but um, just know that we know that that's the case. And if you can't come forward, just stay seated and give us eye contact. And we'll come and pray for you in, in the crowd hmm. after it's gone. So just take the opportunity. Don't, don't miss the opportunity. And then we just want to see what God will do with that. We're just asking him to do whatever he feels is fit for the moment. I love how you put that because what we desire is to be a prayerfully dependent church. That we recognize, yes, strategic planning is necessary. Goals are necessary. Great programs are necessary. But we want to be a prayerfully dependent church 
that understands the best of our intelligence and wisdom is not enough. We all need the Lord on a regular basis. And so, I, I mean, at some point, my prayer is that we'll have some kind of room in this building. We're not there yet, but at some point, we'll have some kind of room in this, room, in this building that's, that's particularly devoted to prayer. We have a, a chapel of some kind where people can go and know that they have one of these prayer partners to pray with them in confidence. We don't have that yet, but for right now, until we get there, you can come forward and receive prayer anytime, any Sunday morning, and you're not unusual to need prayer. We all need prayer each and every day, don't we, Sharon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What would you add to that, Cassie, in terms of uh, the importance of fellowship around prayer? Yeah, um, really I can't say enough about it. Um, It has been a critical turning point in my journey um, as a daughter of God. And um, I would encourage anybody here, if you don't have a prayer partner, a prayer warrior, to go find that one person that you wholeheartedly trust, that God is moving you towards. I'm looking out and I'm making eye contact with some of my sisters that have been been through so much in the last year with me and have prayed. Um, We've prayed for them, and um, obviously, like, God has moved in huge ways. We are made for fellowship. That's Mm. the way he made Mm. us, and that is through the good and through the hard. That's through prayer, and that's through fellowship, Mm. and um, just to know that God is moving those people into your life, don't shut them out. Um, God could be putting somebody awkwardly on your doorstep for a reason, <laughs> and it could be awkward. Mm-hmm. It could be somebody holding your, like, three-month-old baby as, he, as the other one just got sick, and they're the new neighbors across the street, and you're like, okay, I guess you can hold my baby while I figure this out. Um, you know, so just don't shut those doors because God moves in huge ways through people. Mm, great. One resource that you would each recommend for anyone who's wanting to deepen their prayer lives? Um, I would say, um, as far as mom and praying, um, there's a book called Praying the Scriptures for Your Children by Jody Burnt. Um, we worked through that in our Moms on Mission group a couple years ago. And that praying the been. Scriptures for Your Children mm-hmm. Good. by Jody Burnt. And as far as your individual walk, this has been instrumental. It's been a tool that we've used, um, and personally in my life has been very effective, The Steps of Freedom in Christ by Neil Anderson. It's got prayers of repentance and then daily prayers. And um, it's only about 3 or $4. Um, working through this is very good. Uh, I would recommend everybody do that. And if you remember Pastor Dave, you ever remember Pastor Dave? He said he did this four times a year, and it's just been very helpful. And so that, um, as far as one resource, has probably been the most instrumental in my you know, personal walk with Christ. Okay. So that's The Steps to Freedom in Christ by Neil Anderson. Great. All right. As we close out this time, Sharon, would you mind praying for moms in attendance today? Thank you. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for who you are. You deserve all glory and honor and praise. We lift up all mothers here and around the world, those that are and will be, those that bear children, adopt children, and spiritually mentor children. Lord, we pray for those mothers that don't know you personally, that they would come to know you. We thank you for the gentle, quiet spirit, discerning spirit that you've given us as your daughters. Lord, we pray that your love would heal the brokenness of our hearts. We pray that your truth would reign in our minds and our innermost being, and that any lies that we would believe would be replaced with your truth. We pray for your courage and peace that you so freely give to take us and step with your spirit, 
to places that we would not have traveled alone. Fear be gone. You have no place here. Lord, we ask that you would protect us, our families, and our loved ones under your wing. Bring back our prodigals. Lord, lead us in your wisdom. Lord, I pray that you would heal and strengthen our physical bodies and renew us. I pray that every life that we touch would be encouraged and blessed by our being. Glorify yourself through us. Empower us to become all that you've created us to be. And now, Lord, I pray that you would anoint Pastor Adrian with the power from on high to speak your truth and your tender love and mercy. Teach us to pray, Lord. Soften our hearts. Change us. We pray that we would be able to experience your love in a more profound and deep way than we ever have before. We love you. Help us to love you more. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you so much. Would you give a warm thank you to Sharon and Cassie? Thank you so much. Well done. Thank you. Isn't that rich to hear from these ladies? What a gift, I tell you. Praying women. What would the church do without praying women? We'd be in a whole lot of trouble. You know, prayer is one of God's greatest gifts to us. I I am firmly convinced prayer is one of God's greatest gifts to us. And yet at the same time, if we're really honest, and we admit that there are these times that we go through where we're not really sure what to pray for or how to pray, how to come up with the words for prayer. Anyone else? Okay, when you're in that spot, doesn't prayer actually become a great frustration to us in that moment? It becomes a point of great frustration when we know that we have God available as we just heard from Sharon and Cassie. As the throne room of heaven bends his ear to us, but we're not sure how to come up with the words to approach him. Because of some suffering experience or some difficulty that we're going through, sometimes we can seize up and we don't even know how to pray. Let me begin this morning with a little story where I went through something like that. When I was in my early 20s, I worked at a place called the Denver Children's Home, which was uh, much like YRTC here in town, and uh, perhaps even more so. It's a rough place. I was responsible for eight or nine, uh, 16 to 18-year-olds, working in a dormitory with these young men as they came out of their convictions or as they came out of their gangs, or as they were relinquished by their delinquent parents. It's a tough, tough job. It was then, and it still is today, the hardest job I've ever had. And as I was trying to give myself for these kids in my early 20s over the course of a few years, as I was counseling them and seeking to guide them, there was one particular 16-year-old boy who was doing all that he could to get rid of me. I was trying to give all I could for him, and he was doing all he could to get rid of me. And uh, he decided that he didn't like me for some reason, and so he had some, some names for me, none of them too endearing, I might add. And in addition to that, he decided some, 
time in the middle of the summer that he was going to get me fired. And so he made up a story that he told to my supervisors, told to the leadership at Denver Children's Home, that while we were outside in the park playing basketball, I hit him. And so the supervisors had to launch an investigation. And they heard his story, and then they brought me in, and they heard my story, and they explained to me that as they do this investigation, I would have to go on to probation. And I'd be transferred out of this dorm with these kids that I invested so much in that I loved and transferred into another dorm that was a lower risk area in the home where I would become an assistant for a time. And I'll tell you, in that moment I was speechless. I know it's hard for you to imagine, but I was. And I went to the Lord. And in that moment I was speechless before the Lord. I wanted to pray, I wanted to talk to God, but, but nothing would come out. I was kind of seized up by the experience of, of trial, of a false accusation. I'm not even sure what to say to you, God. You ever been there? You've been between a rock and a hard place, and you don't even know what to say. Fortunately, after about a week of being on probation, and going through that investigation, the young man came forward and confessed that he made the whole thing up because he didn't care for me. But the point remains, when you're between a rock and a hard place, when you're at the end of yourself and you don't even know how to pray, what do you do? Well, there's good news here for mothers and fathers, for grandmothers and grandfathers, for single folks, for sons and daughters, for all of us though this morning, when we come to the end of ourselves, Romans 8 is going to tell us this morning that when we are at the end of our rope, the Holy Spirit's ministry to us has only begun. Friends, when you got nothing less to give, when you got nothing left to give, when you're at the end of your rope, the Holy Spirit's ministry to you has just begun. Listen now to the words of God from Romans chapter 8, just two verses today, Romans 8, 26 and 27. We'll go back to Romans 8, 18 and following next week, but today as we talk about prayer on this Mother's Day, just two verses. Romans 8, 26 and 27 says this, the Spirit of God helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. This passage is such a gift to us this morning. In the midst of any frustrating experience that we might be going through, when we're not even sure what to say, when we're not even sure what to pray, we feel like we're at our end and we can't even come up with the words to pray, the promise there in that moment is that the Holy Spirit will help us. The Holy Spirit will come to our aid. It goes like this. The Holy Spirit comes to our aid when we don't know what or how to pray. When you're in that situation like I just described and you've developed an intimate relationship with God like Sharon and Cassie just described, you can be confident that as a saint of God, as a child of God, the Holy Spirit himself will come to your aid in that moment when you don't even know how to pray. You don't even know what to say. 
He will come to your aid and he will intercede on your behalf. Here's a portrait though, that we get of Jesus far from the scriptures. Think of it. He's the good shepherd. And what does the good shepherd do? He goes and he finds lost and broken sheep. You have this portrait from Luke chapter 15, for example, where Jesus describes himself as the good shepherd who leaves the 99 safe and well sheep on their own in a safe pasture to go find that one lost sheep, to, to go find that one broken sheep. And when he finds that one lost or broken sheep, what does he do? He, he picks that sheep up and he puts it on his shoulders and he tenderly cares for it and he protects it and he whispers words of comfort to us in our time of trouble when we would naturally feel quite distant from him. Out of intimacy with God, this is what the Spirit of God would desire to do for us, to care for us in our place of need. I think we all know that when push comes to shove, what we need in our spiritual life is far more than sermon points. What we need in our spiritual life is far more than nice principles of theology. What we need is more than pastoral pontification. We need more than all of that. We long for an intimate relationship with God in which we sense that He's actually caring for me. We desire this two-way relationship. And I don't know about you, we talk a lot about relationship with God. And I don't know about you, I don't know how we could get to relationship with God outside of two-way interaction. Do you? I mean, do you have any other relationships with people, other people outside of two-way interaction? No, by very nature, when we talk about relationship with God, what is spoken about there is this belief that we can interact with God Almighty, that we can speak to Him, that we can pause and listen, and He will speak to us. And yet, we oftentimes simply do not talk much with God. If we're to be honest this morning, we'd have to admit that. Why? Why is that? It could be, number one, because many of us have kind of been taught to treat prayer as a checklist, a little bit different than was described uh, this morning, that I need to do my prayer duty in the morning. I read a few verses of the Bible, check. I took a few minutes of prayer over a few requests to God, Check, and I'm done with that. Now on to the business of the day. Anyone? Okay. I don't ask you to raise your hands, but I know. Okay, we've all been there. And duty certainly has a part in developing a toolbox of spiritual disciplines for growing well with the Lord. Duty certainly has a part, but duty by itself will not cultivate relationship, will it? Duty by itself is so incredibly boring. And so we lose interest in prayer. Or perhaps another reason that many of us don't enter into much of a conversational relationship with God is we don't feel like we know how to pray or what to pray or we feel self-conscious when we do pray. Like, I don't really pray like so-and-so up here on stage or I don't pray like this woman that I know in my Bible study, whatever it might be for you. Uh, okay, let, let's... Let's uh, disabuse ourselves of this idea that there's a certain way that you must pray. Okay, that's silly. That's nonsense. What God is after is your heart. 
What God is after is not the words of eloquence. He's not so much interested in the content of your prayers as much as he is interested in your heart behind your prayers. And the simple fact is, no one is invited to a more intimate relationship with God than you are. There's no one in this room. There's no pastor. There's no missionary. There's no one in your life group that's invited to a more intimate relationship with God than you are. We all are invited to an equally intimate relationship with God, and it offers, it begins with offering our true hearts to a very real God who invites us into relationship with him. Now you might say, well, I don't know where to get started. Here, let me give you a few suggestions. Begin with the Lord's Prayer. Go to Luke chapter 11 and use the Lord's Prayer from Jesus that perhaps you memorized as a child and use that as an outline for your prayers. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Oh God, your name is holy. Oh God, you are righteous, you are good, you are just, you are sovereign, you are other than, you are completely loving. Our Father, hallowed be thy name. You just use that as a, the beginning of an outline to your prayer and then you go through the lines of your prayer that way. Or you can do the same thing with any number of psalms. Many psalms serve as an outline for my prayers. Pastor John Watson was telling me last week that one of the things that he does for his prayer life is write prayers down. And after he writes prayers down, it kind of stimulates his prayers, kind of primes the pump, if you will. It's a great way to do it. You, you can do what I just did uh, from Luke chapter 15. You look at this picture of the, the Good Shepherd or some other portrait that you have of Jesus from the Gospels, some portrait of Jesus that really uh, makes you gravitate to the love of God, makes you gravitate to the character of God, and you think of, ga of God in that parable, you think of God in that portrait from the Gospels, and out of that portrait, using your imagination, you pray yourself into that. You imagine yourself there, and you pray out of that because God is available, and it's this sanctified use of our imagination. All of us can grow in the ability to prayer. But once again, throw out the idea that you have to pray some certain way. God will accept your heart of prayer, and you'll grow in it as you do it. Third, others still want to pray, but the experience of suffering seizes us up when we try to pray. And I've talked about that from my own experience already a bit. But what this passage of scripture that we just read says is the Spirit of God helps us in our weaknesses. When we're not sure what to pray, when we can't come up with the words, the Spirit of God is there helping us in our weaknesses. And that word help in verse 26 means comes to our aid. The, 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 the Spirit of God comes to our aid, comes alongside us, partners with us when we're not sure what to pray. He helps us in our weaknesses. And this is such great news for those of us who are going through suffering right now. As it was great news for Paul's church in Rome. They're going through intense suffering. So for them to read these two verses would have been a real boost, a real shot in the arm for them during their time of need. You, you see, the New Testament church in the city of Rome at this time was being hunted down by Emperor Nero. And Emperor Nero was trying to kill Christians, and he was interrogating, persecuting Christians in a way that we could never even imagine. American Christians talk about persecution. We got no clue, okay? 
I mean, we, we should stop that talk, to be honest. It's just ridiculous what we compare it to real persecution that's going on for the church all across the world and went around in the New Testament age. In fact, Jesus said we should expect persecution. So here they are, the New Testament church, being persecuted, being hunted down by Nero. Eventually, he kills the apostle Paul. That's what they lived with. Moreover, they're living in a zero-sum economy in which a very small percentage of people have almost all the wealth and everyone else is just living hand-to-mouth. The most intense, grinding poverty. And for those of you who are kind of impoverished today, you'll only get empathy from me on that account because that is intense suffering to go through poverty. I will never criticize anyone in their poverty. But even more, these folks are living on a daily basis, hand to mouth. That line from the Lord's Prayer, give us this day our daily bread, these people meant that literally. We're not sure if we can get through today because we may starve. So God, would you give us today our daily bread? And right there, the Apostle Paul says, the Holy Spirit intercedes in your weakness. The Holy Spirit comes to your aid. The Holy Spirit comes by your side with groans that words cannot even express. You ever read this verse and say, well, what's that exactly? What are groans that words cannot even express? Am I the only one? I mean, what is he talking about there? It could be that experience that when you get bad news and you're not sure what to do and all you can say is, ugh. But I think more likely what it is, is this reality that you're not sure how to pray, but because you've already cultivated an intimate relationship with God, you can have confidence in that moment. This promise is true. The Holy Spirit is praying for you in that very moment with inner groans that are inaudible, that words cannot express, and he's praying for you in accordance with the will of God. What a promise this is for us, that in suffering, we're not even sure how to pray. You go through a car accident, you get laid off from your job, you get demoted, you have some family strife, and you're not even sure how to pray. In that moment, the Holy Spirit intercedes for you with groans that words cannot even express according to the will of God. We simply turn to him, and then we find this warm embrace articulated by Jesus in Matthew chapter 11. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you, I'll give you rest. Because the Holy Spirit comes to our aid. When we're at the end of our rope, we turn to him, and in unseen, unspoken ways, he will give us rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. I will never leave you or forsake you. I am near to you. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Second, out of intimate relationship, we can have confidence today, out of intimate relationship, that your God prays for you. Our God prays for us. That's what this scripture is telling us. Throughout Romans 8, we've seen these two different poles again and again. We have the choice to live by our own strength, to live by our own flesh, live according to the power of our ability to pull ourselves up by our moral bootstraps, as I like to say, or we have a different option. 
We have the option to live according to the Spirit. Live by and through the Spirit of God, such that we say each and every morning, God, would you fill me with your Spirit? Would you lead me by your Spirit? Would you give me strength? I ask for your help. And when we're choosing the latter, that's when we begin to approximate. Would the Scriptures say elsewhere, pray without ceasing? 1 Thessalonians 5.18, as Cassie said it earlier, these popcorn prayers that can be made throughout the day, prayer without ceasing is what we're offered in terms of intimate relationship with God. Now, some of us have this misconception that prayer without ceasing is some kind of monastic lifestyle. That I'm supposed to live my life on my knees each and every day throughout the day. That's not it. Prayer without ceasing is bringing the things of God into our daily routines. It's recognizing today, my mother's been good to me. My grandmother's been good to me. And so I thank you, Father in heaven, for my mother. I thank you, Father in heaven, for my grandmother. My wife has been good to me, so I thank you, Father in heaven, for my wife. As I pray for her, I will serve her today. That's praying without ceasing. Prayer without ceasing is to see something beautiful in this glorious spring. And as you see those roses coming up, as you see those tulips coming up, as you enjoy a day like this, you just pause throughout the day. You say, thank you, Lord. Aren't you glad that we're not like atheists who have no one to thank? We have someone to thank throughout the day. Cultivate gratitude. It means that when we're tempted or we catch ourselves in the middle of sin, Right there in the middle of sin, we say, oh, Holy Spirit, come to me and give me help. Release me from this. Grant me power against this. And he will. It means that when you are in pastoral ministry, you get overwhelmed from time to time by the number of prayer requests that come across your desk each and every day. And your head can either spin as you get overwhelmed or you can turn those names into prayer. And as those names come to your mind... Throughout the day, you simply pray their name to God. Say, Holy Spirit, do your work according to the will of God because I'm not sure what they need. Father, please help. It is the request for deliverance out of any time of trouble. It's simple, really, that out of intimate relationship with God, we can turn our daily routines into prayer. It is this, uh, this common mis- misconception that really gets us into trouble with prayer, that, that prayer is mostly pulling out this laundry list of requests and petitions at bedtime or early in the morning and asking God to fix them as if he's some kind of cosmic bellhop whose job is to serve our beck and call. And many people have taught that's what prayer is. And again, this will be a demotivator if you think that's what prayer mostly is because you'll go through that and you'll say, check, And God, why didn't you serve my beck and call and do for me exactly what I wanted you to do? No, prayer is intimacy. Prayer is intimacy. Think of a a few different kinds of people in your life with me. Three different categories. Think first of a business associate, a work associate that you may work with from time to time in school or the workplace. Someone that you know you'll work with on a regular basis, but maybe you don't particularly like that person. You got that person in mind? Don't shout his name out. Second, think of someone who's a friend that you really like to spend time with. And third, think of someone that you really love. Could be a family member, could be someone in your life group, 
could be an old friend that you've moved away from, but you love that person deeply and you have an intimacy with that person. Now, what's the conversation going to be like with that business associate? There's not going to be a lot of chit-chat. There's not going to be a lot of intimacy in your conversations. There will be tasks and requests and perhaps some demands, and then those conversations will be quite short. You think of that friend that you have that you're developing a relationship with, and you might be tempted at times to kind of dip your toe into the waters of intimacy with that person. You might be tempted at times to share some things that are going on in your heart, and at the very least, you're able to talk about sports and politics and the weather. But you think about someone else who you deeply love in your life group or in your family, and as you think of that person, you are drawn by this impulse to share your life with her, to get real, to be honest with that person, to invite that person into your world, to affirm her, to praise her, to be your authentic self in ongoing conversation whenever you see him or her. Are you following me? This is what we are invited to when we are invited to relationship with the triune God. Intimate relationship with God in which he welcomes us certainly to petition him in prayer. The scriptures are filled with exhortations that we pray and not give up, that we be devoted to prayer, that we keep on keeping on as it were. But in a deep love relationship, those requests turn more and more into conversations. Requests turn into conversations the closer you get into intimacy with God. They turn into affirmation and praise, into sharing and listening, into this sense that I am with God. The Spirit of God is very near to me right now. You see, prayer is intimacy. It's not a duty. It's not an obligation. It's the words of the prophet Samuel, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. It's the words of Jesus in John chapter 10. I know my sheep by name. They hear my voice and they follow me. Prayer is the words of sons and daughters of Abba Father crying out to him with a prayer of dependency. I need you right now. Would you please come to my rescue? It's this intimacy that begins with the knowledge of how God loves us. Begins with the knowledge of how much God has done for us. And then out of that, we realize that when we are at the end of our rope, the Spirit right there intercedes for us according to the will of God. The Spirit comes and draws near, and He prays for God's people. He prays for saints according to the will of God when we're not even sure how to pray. We develop that intimacy, and when we get between that rock and the hard place that I began with, you're not sure what to pray. In that moment, you can be confident that God himself is praying for you. We call Father God our good Abba Father. Intimacy with sons and daughters. Then the Spirit 
prays for us according to the will of God when we're not sure how to pray. But the entire triune God is involved with this. It goes on further in Romans 8.34. Christ Jesus who died, more than that who was raised to life again, is at the right hand of God and he also is interceding for you and for me. God the Father, we go to in prayer as our Abba. God the Son intercedes for us. He's risen from the grave and he intercedes for us. And then the Holy Spirit prays for us. Can you believe this? It's just stunning. Well, when you think about it, we have one in heaven who prays for us. And we have one in the heart who prays for us today. Let me close with a poem by a beautiful woman named Annie Johnson Flint. Do you remember the old hymn, He Giveth More Grace? He Giveth More Grace was written by Annie Johnson Flint in the late 1800s when she was crippled by rheumatoid arthritis. She was incontinent from loss of control of her internal organs. She was riddled with cancer and she had to be propped up either in her wheelchair or in her bed with seven or eight pillows such that she could sit up to breathe. When she wrote the most beautiful hymn, He giveth more grace. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are at the end of your rope today, please just hear these words as the ministry of God to you. He giveth more grace when the burdens grow greater. He sendeth more strength when the labors increase. To added affliction, he added his mercy. To multiply trials, he has multiplied peace. When we have exhausted our store of endurance, when our strength has failed us, the day is half done. When we reach the end of our resources, our Father's full giving has only begun. His grace has no measure. His love has no limit. His power has no boundaries known unto men. For out of his infinite riches in Jesus, he giveth and giveth and giveth again. And so, Father God, we receive from you. Father God, we as your people receive from you today. For the mothers in the room today, for the fathers in the room today, for those who are lonely and struggling in the room today, we receive your grace. Your love has no limit. Your grace has no measure. Your power has no boundaries known unto men. Lord God, would you give your goodness, would you give your greatness, would you give your help to those of us in the room today that are in need right now. Gracious God, I pray particularly for all the ladies in the room today. I ask for women who are here that are longing to be mothers. Would you help them in their hour of weakness? Would you give them your grace which has no measure. Would you give them your love which has no limit? I pray for mothers in the room today who are hurting because being a mom is difficult. Would you grant them your grace? Would you grant them your power which has no boundaries known unto men? 
I pray for those mothers today who perhaps are wishing to, mother, to be mothers, who are kind of at the end of their rope. Would you please help them in their weaknesses? And, and I, I pray for all moms here today who inevitably, sometime this week, will be at the end of their rope with Johnny or Jenny. Would you grant them your courage? I ask for grandmothers who are feeling kind of frail, would you give them your power? And for all of us today, in this church here in the auditorium and in the venue, when we have come to the end of our resources, would you give us your strength? Would you reinforce for us today that the Holy Spirit is there, coming by our side, giving us his aid when we have nothing left to give, when we're not even sure how to pray? May your will be done in our lives here today as it's always done in heaven. We ask you by faith in the name of Jesus. Amen.